0: It's easy to take the role for granted because you turn on your device and the music entertainment is right there with a professional compere. But what does it take to go from mobile discos in pubs, clubs and celebration events to hosting a professional music radio show? Well, Kevin Selwyn-Wilkin from zeroradio.co.uk is going to tell us just that right here in The Career Café. Hello, I'm Reg Goslin, Principal Coach and Owner of Improving Performance Personal Coaching, where I provide career professionals with career advance and career development support. Quite simply, as you know, I help people to get from where they are to where they want to be, where they would otherwise struggle to do so by themselves. Now, in this episode of The Career Café Season 2, my guest is known as Selwyn and is the host of Zero Radio's drive-time show, Selwyn's Soul Shuffle. Hi right, Selwyn, how you doing?
1: Hey, uh, Reg, how are we doing? I've n- I've never been
0: called a professional presenter before. I'm impressed. Oh, see so you guys. Know, this, is, this, this is what you get when you come on the Career Cafe, man. You get you get elevation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, you. No, no, I'm glad to have you on here. Getting you on here is like trying to push fog uphill. You're really in the UK or you're doing an event somewhere. Very, very busy man. So I'm pleased to have you on the Career Cafe. Finally. <laughs>
1: Yes, I have been known to have the uh, the occasional holiday
0: here and there, let's say, the occasional trip. (laughs) Right, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about your um, love of music and your love of um, playing music. So what we're going to do, we're going to start from the beginning. Um, They know that you're a a DJ on the soul Um, God. On Zero Radio, I've lost myself there for a second on Zero Radio, but yes. what we're going to do is start from the beginning, your love of music started very young, I think it was post-Slade, I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, it was Slade, well, Merry Christmas everyone was my first ever record I ever brought, there like you go. vinyl back in those days, and I don't know, I'm trying to think what year that was, I can't even remember now. 1973. Um, I'm just 73, so I would have yeah. been nine years old, wow. Yeah, so yeah, wow. I was a big Slade, big Slade fan. Hold my hands up. Um, did love Slade. love love music, all sorts of music, all the way through, including like the days of the Mud and people like that. Actually went and see Mud at the um, Catford Town Hall.
0: Oh wow! I have yeah, never seen, uh, I never saw them. I never saw them. I saw Tavares, yeah. but I never saw Mud. Yeah, <sighs> I remember them, but. Um, I had, um, obviously, in the family, my brother was uh,
1: into his music and he was DJing. He'd he'd done sort of uh, all the parties, weddings, et cetera, and things like that. Yeah. And uh, some pubs. And um, I would always end up being the roadie for him from the age of about 13, 14. Legally weren't allowed in pubs then, but, you know, I don't think rules was uh, stuck to very much in them days.
0: (laughs) I know your parents took you to the pub anyway, so it didn't make any difference.
1: So that was the basic where it all started, Like roading for him and watching how, how he done it and what he done.
0: So what did he do, pubs and clubs as well?
1: he done he, he done pubs, but then he'd do all sorts of parties. So he'd be a mobile DJ for parties, any any sort of party, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, anything really. Christmas parties was always a big thing. He was always very busy at Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah, I recall. Uh, and I'd done that for a couple of years from the age of sort of 14 to about 16, and then decided to um, buy me my first set of decks, the old Foul, Foul Ranger, I think it was, back in them <laughs>
0: That's days. It. That's right. Fowl Ranger, I remember that. Um, so yeah. let, let's go from there then. So um, obviously, Keith, your brother, was the influence in terms of getting you out there. So how did your journey in the music industry and actually going out and doing it, how did it start? Um, there was other people involved that you saw as well. Tell us about that.
1: Well, we got got into the music. We got into the soul music, sort of, uh, quite, like in our teenage years. As you know, we was always going to the clubs like uh, Royalty, Crackers, all those clubs uptown. And then the, the case to Soul Weekenders. So the soul influence was very big in them days. And as mm. time went on, we'd go further afield to things like Goldmine and Candy Island, Stage Three, places like that, and Zero Six. Um, and the music just got more and more, and I got busier and busier with doing the mobile DJing as, as the years mm. went on. We you know more and more parties here and there, and then you start doing a few pubs here and there, and then through doing a, I think a Christmas party on a on a moored a boat down on the Thames, um, we'd done a Christmas party there, and the manager of the boat asked me to if I'd do a club night there for them, which we agreed to. And then I uh, ended up uh, being a resident there for about six, seven years, every Friday and Saturday night, as
0: you probably so remember. Hang on. So, you went from, so you went from doing DJing in a, in a pub um, to um, somebody asking you to come and do a, uh, an event, a one-off event no, on, we we on don't the don't, river? No, we well,
1: done, done a Christmas party for the Bank of England, and they'd hired out boat ah. the, the Tatchel yeah. Castle on the river. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, i had done minute, the yeah. music for their Christmas party. And the manager of the boat asked me if I'd be interested in just doing like a a, a music night, a club night for them one Saturday. Yeah. with Because I had obviously had my mobile DJ equipment, so we did. It proved very popular. Um, we've done it more and more. And then in the end, after about six months of doing it every Saturday, they actually turned the area we done into a full-blown nightclub they had all the, all the stuff installed all lights dance floors everything and then um, I remember yeah you come there several times
0: yeah I remember covering for you a couple of times as yeah. well when you when you got then, your then, holiday bug yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah I was sort of resident there every Friday and Saturday for, for many years which was good yeah
0: that and was in the eighties, if I remember right, uh, mid eighties, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Early eighties, that, yeah. Be, that'd yeah. be through the eighties, yeah. And then mm.
1: um, we used to sort of through that. We'd do other clubs up up the West End as well. And then um, I'm sure Ray Bradshaw. A lot of you will know Ray Bradshaw. Uh, he was doing clubs at the same time, and we used to cover for each other. We used to do. He, he used to do laces in. I think it was St. Martin's Lane then. Ah, and, uh, laces. Yes, yes, yeah. he did. Yes. Yes. And uh, on cover for him here and there. And then we'd done Samantha's I think that was New New Burlington Street or Old Burlington Street. we have done done a couple of nights there. And then we was over in um in uh, Bayswater area. There was two clubs there, the Phoenix Hotel Nightclub and the Plaza Nightclub. And I used to That's it, the Plaza, team. that was
0: the one with the yeah. The one was with the, um, is it the Australians, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, there was a lot something of up there. Australians
1: go there, and we used to do the nightclub downstairs. And then Ray used to come and cover for me a lot up there. So we, you know, me and Ray used to work work together quite a lot, um, yeah. and just cover each other here and there. Brilliant, and then, um, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it just went on through all the nightclubs, all in the West End, really, for many years. Mm. And then um, so- pirate Ray, pirate radio come about. <laughs>
0: yeah we'll come to that in a second so when you did the um the the pubs and the clubs and then you moved on to the the more discerning customers on like in nightclubs in proper nightclubs not in pubs what did you find um was the biggest challenge in working in some of those places um well back then
1: it was a challenge it was just like these days when you get asked to go and DJ at a club they ask you to go and oh can you DJ here and you'll have Five or six DJs for the for the night, and you'll end up doing an hour's set here and there. Back in them days, right. you used to work. used to work from nine till two. You used to do the whole five hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Carrot, carrot, carrying boxes of vinyl records about. Um, <laughs> you may you may have may have had a warm up DJ for the first hour, um, but then you, you would work the whole night. It weren't just an hour. And then you had to program your, your, your music because you knew you, you know, trying to keep a dance floor full throughout the night. And back in those days, you used to have the slow
0: sections play. And you used to do the slow dances, which was always quite <laughs> okay. good. Good times. I remember them. They were yeah. good times. <laughs> so so um, um, did you adapt your DJing style when you moved from the private events to the club environments? Because obviously, I would imagine it was
1: a different thing, yeah, because the, the the party The mobile events is all mainly parties, so you're playing a a wide mixture of party tunes as well, as long as dance tunes. But when you're doing the clubs, that is mainly club music all night long. Mm. You're not Mm. doing sort of the dance, uh, sort of the party stuff so much, unless it was obviously Mm. Christmas or New Year.
0: Very few DJs make the transition from... Back, and we're talking about the 80s, you know, everybody turns on the radio now and they can hear pretty much what they want to hear. Back in them days, soul music or, or whatever we called it back then, it wasn't found on the radios. There was only the odd person like Tony Blackburn on Radio London and Greg Edwards on Capitol on a Saturday night that played it. So, yeah, um, Yeah. yeah. so what I'm saying is that not many people tend to make it, but you, something happened, something pivotal happened um, for you that made you go, because you mentioned it earlier on. Pirate Radio, because that's that's where you had to go to listen to the music you wanted to at the far end of the FM spectrum, do you remember? Well, you remember.
1: Yeah, well, the Pirate Radio's got very big in the 80s. Um, if you remember you had stations, I think JFM was one of the first ones who started it off. Yeah. Um, we used to listen to, you know, on a, they the only, they would the only broadcast on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday. Mm. Um, But then... As I said, I mentioned earlier on, Ray Bradshaw, we worked together, he got offered um, a show on a station over in uh, East London, and I think if mine uh, serves me correctly, JWC um, yep. was the name of the station, and he, he introduced me there, he got me into the station there, and we worked on that station. I honestly can't remember, it was that long ago, how long we was on that station for, but mm. there was various things went on. I won't go into it too much with the pirate radio stations where they'd get taken off air, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then from from there, Ray moved to a, a bigger station, which was TKO Radio, and yeah. um, he got me onto TKO Radio, and we was there for a few years as well, which become very popular. Um, yeah. It, and it was say it was always about the pirate days where they would, you know, the stations would get taken off of air for various reasons. Uh, then they get put back on air. And then, you know, it, it, it was great times. It really was. It was just a way of getting our music out to everyone. And it, it all became very popular. And you had other stations, as we all know, Kiss and so forth. They all become legal stations in the
0: end. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, and I think it was the forebearers <laughs> for what people have got now. So... Um, What skills did you find that were the the most crucial for you for success as a club DJ? Because there are people out there that aspire to be DJs now. Um, They go out there with their memory sticks. Yeah, they go
1: out with their memory sticks now. (laughs) A a, a USB stick, but I would say back in those days it was all vinyl. It was a lot, lot harder to, to carry vinyl around to to work work the decks with vinyl. And it was just with everything that's so digital these days, it's a lot easier.
0: Less boxes to carry. And they used to be like drinks drinks crates that you had to put your seven-inch singles in. Yeah, that was very very popular.
1: The the, the beer crates and all that, you put your singles in, yeah.
0: Okay, right. So you've told us um, that you went to the... to the pirate station, which is um before beer, before doing what you do now. How did you make the shift from clubs to becoming a radio presenter? I mean, how did you you went across and something happened for you to be a, a radio presenter on pirate? I
1: don't know. I'd always loved like listening to to um to music on the radios, and always thought it'd be great to be able to actually do it one day and present shows. So mm-hmm. it was always something I was very interested in. And um, you just sort of learn, you're sort of thrown in at the deep end, and you learn, you you have to learn it and it's very difficult because if you're doing a club, you've got loads of people in front of you so you can talk to them, you've got reactions, you can, things you can feed off of, whereas you're sitting on a studio and most of the time it's just you in the studio and a microphone in front of you. Um, So it sort of makes, makes things a little bit different but then you actually do get used, you just get automatically get used to it I believe.
0: Mm. Well, in bars and clubs you feed off of the live customers you know and somebody will come up to you and make a a request and if it's a good one you think it'll be a floor filler you do it but a radio requires a different skill don't you think
1: yeah you've got you know you've got to think on your feet fairly quickly you know you don't just want to be saying oh that was so and so on this record this record's the next you want to try and have a little bit of conversation a little bit of banter in between between the tracks giving out some information you're giving out information all the time about different things that are going on. Um, And it's just, yeah, involving the listener, making them feel, you know, that they're listening to you, uh, putting the effort into listening to you. So, you you know, hopefully you're playing the music that they want to hear and you're putting on a good show for
0: them. And you've got a whole new audience now, um, I find. (laughs) especially with some of the clubs and events that we go to. It's a whole new audience who are doing something else in the the 80s, Um, but they seem to have found it in the last, say, 10, 20 years. They found the music and they're they're absolutely loving it now.
1: Yeah, well, I think what happened sort of towards the end of the 80s, the music changed a bit, where we was always into the sort of the soul music, the jazz funk music, the dance, Mm. the disco type of music, which was our genre of music. Um, going towards the 80s, you ended up with a lot of the house music and the rave scene coming in. Yeah, things yeah, changed. yeah. And um, I sort of stepped back from it then because it wasn't something I, I really was really into. And mm. then um, I sort of had a break from it for quite for quite a few years because different things, bringing up families, you know, I was starting a business up, different businesses here and there. So I sort of stepped back from the DJing for probably the best part of 15 maybe 20 years I was always still playing my music and all that but the actual soul scene as such changed dramatically um, it did quite, I think quite a few years it really did change
0: I, I think I just I just made a couple of notes here um, if I get this wrong please Ozzy and Ray don't kill me but at one stage four of us were out on the road for lots of us there was you there was Ray and Ozzy Ray Bradshaw and Ozzy with is yeah. it sound sonic was it sound sonic or something King Sonic, King Sonic, that's it, they had King Sonic, that's it, yeah, and there was you with KW Discos, or was it, what did you call it?
1: I I really (laughs) can't remember, to be honest, whatever, whatever. something Discos, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then it was me and Ron with R and R discos. And then um, I think we both stopped, we split it up because we could hit more because we was getting so many people asking for cards and we split them up. And I think when people kept coming up to me and asking, excuse us, mate, you got any acid? I'm like, no nah, I'm off. Yeah. No, I'm out. I'm out. Do you know what I mean? I and I was what I was still in my twenties. What was that about? But there you go. The whole club club scene changed dramatically in the late late 80s, didn't it? Mm, And it does now. I mean, it's all changed now. But we're going to get to zero radio in a second. But can you share any insights to the preparation and execution of a radio show compared to live DJ sets? And I've got background info on this now because I was a guest on your show a few weeks ago. So I've seen what goes into it. It's not a case of turning up and playing records. It ain't as simple as that. Not at all. No, no,
1: you, you, you obviously have to put your playlist together of what you're going to play throughout the show. You you know, you, you leave a few gaps here for a bit of ad-libbing with certain tracks because, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate with the drive-time shows I do. They're very, very interactive with with the the listeners. And with social media these days, it makes it much more interactive. So throughout the show, people will ask me for certain tracks here and there. So I do leave gaps where... Whatever they're asking for, we can fit those tracks in. You're working out sort of your ad breaks that have got to go on, um your different features that you may have. I mean, like I always do a as you know, a reggae feature on my show. yeah, and uh, yeah, you just put it all together, and say so recently where well, I've been inviting guests into the studio to do their top five, which has become their top five ish <laughs> as, as, well, as, as you well know. Um, but yeah, it, 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 so I'm very fortunate. We do have a good listenership on drive time and um, there's a lot of fun and banter. There's a lot of interaction with it, which is great. Uh, it, is a, yeah. it is a
0: great show. I'm going to get you to plug it in a second. That's what I'm going to get you to do. All right. One of the features that I do have um, on the Career Cafe itself is that there's all somebody out there and they want to do what my guests are doing. That's the whole purpose of having the Career Cafe. So... What piece of pieces or piece of advice do you have for aspiring DJs that are looking to follow a similar path in their radio careers, from what they're doing in pubs and clubs to getting on the radio?
1: But you've got you've got to have a love of music, full stop. Um, you know, it, yeah. it's not just like working in the clubs; it, it's a totally different different way because you're not trying to get people to up onto a dance floor. You're you're trying to play. You're playing music that people are doing their, going about their everyday business too and they're listening, yep. listening to. So, yeah, it's just sort of honing those skills to know what, what tracks to play. It, there's a lot of tracks you can play at radio that you couldn't play in a nightclub.
0: Correct. Um, that's right. And, it, yeah.
1: and it's sort of learning there. But it's just having a passion for the music. If you haven't got that passion for the music, then, it, you know, it's it's, it's like any, any career, it's, it's pretty pointless. Music is something that's always been a passion of mine, you know, say, since a kid. Yeah, but so you've, you've got, got to have the passion. passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... Yeah, you know, you've got to learn learn how 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 the systems work. Uh, learn it's all everything is all digital now. Um, you
0: have to be tech savvy so then, definitely.
1: You've got to be a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can learn. You know, you, you, most people know how to run computers and things now. But you've got computer programs because everything is is run by some sort of computer program. Um yep. So yeah, you need a little bit of tech savvy about you as well.
0: Any more for any more. So we've got two there. You've got to have a passion for the music and you have to be a little bit tech savvy. How do you get into it? Do you have to know somebody?
1: It's always, I say, I'm a great believer, say so it's not what you know, it's who you
0: know. It's always handy to know someone. But um, yeah. you could always do
1: demo tapes and so forth. I mean, you get what they call a lot of bedroom DJs who spend hours and hours in their bedrooms working out how to, everyone thinks, oh, they've got to mix to be a DJ. Oh, you, know, you haven't got to mix to be a DJ. You've got to be able to present shows. And mm. um mixing is, is, does help, but mix is more in the club, in the clubs, it's not necessary on the radio. Mm. But, um, yeah, then you can do yourself uh, demo tapes. You can
0: send those into radio stations. Mm. If you don't know anybody, you've got to send them all out. Yeah, I'm with you. Send yeah. them it's, into it's trying, it's trying to have, radio stations. Have,
1: you, know, you, you do need a little bit of a personality to do it. You need to sort of be a little bit outgoing. Yeah, I, I thought I that suppose. was important. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that was important. Is, I mean, you've got no to one think, wants
0: to hear a boring voice, do they? Yeah, no,
1: yeah they don't really just want to hear you like a boring thing. that... that, that you're not going to tune into the radio if you're going to hear that. So you need to have something about it. you. Try and you know, make something a little bit bit interesting, a bit funny. I always try and sort of make things a bit funny, have a bit of banter with the guests through social medias and so forth.
0: And that takes us nicely into um, zeroradio.co.uk. I know that you share the slot um, throughout the week with um, Bully. So why don't you yeah, tell yeah, people about your show and then uh, what time it's on and what they can listen to?
1: www.zeroradio.co.uk. And it's uh, five to seven, Monday to Fridays. Uh, I do the Monday and Wednesday slots, and Bully does Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Very similar shows in one way or another. Um, we have our own sort of way about about doing the shows, our own features. Um, although it's all drive time, it's called drive time. The shows they're similar in some ways and totally different in others. But we're very fortunate we do. Do have a good listenership to it. All people seem to enjoy what we do with it, <laughs> which is always a good thing. No,
0: no, I've and enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoy we, listening. We
1: have we have a lot of fun doing it. We, you know, that, that's the whole thing about it: enjoy what you are doing and have fun what you are doing.
0: Absolutely, and I've met lots of people through your radio station. Isn't that funny how it works? That's a community. work well, it really what, really good. What's
1: been really good is is so through social media these days, you've got a great thing, and everyone tunes in. They they we put out. We put out the post on social media and what's really good is the amount of friendships that have been made just through our shows on zero. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of lasting friendships been made where people have got to know each other through listening to our shows. So you know, that sort of makes you really, that's sort of really proud and pleasing to know that's happened. Hmm. Um, they've, you know you've introduced people to each other perfect so you've so had loads perfect. of fr- loads of friendships I don't know if you've had any marriages or anything like that but you've had lots of friendships
0: <laughs> I haven't heard of it I haven't heard of any I've, marriages I haven't heard of anything no but one <laughs> day well, you never of, know it would be interesting to lots see of, <laughs> lots and lots of great friendships have been made and socials I enjoy the socials I definitely enjoy the socials Okay, Selwyn. Listen, thank you so so much for joining us at the Career Cafe. This has been a long anticipated one. We finally got you on because um, you're, you're been buggering tra- off you've again, isn't you? have been
1: for a while.
0: Yep. I've been trying. Yeah, you're a- buggering off again somewhere soon, I'm sure. Skiing or something? Uh, what-, <laughs> what have you got? Yes,
1: yes I'm off skiing next uh, two weeks' time.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's so a catch. I'm, him I'm go- quick, I'm, I'm going skiing with my son. So, lads and dad skiing holiday see that's okay that that's allowed that's that's allowed good for you good thank you so much for joining us i hope you've enjoyed the show yeah it's been brilliant thank you very much for having me brilliant no it's been good having you on thank you okay i'd like to take this opportunity to thank you the listener for once again lending me your ears and allowing the career cafe into your personal time and if this is your first listen um you can listen to the whole of series one because um, we just started series two this was the episode of series two so you can go back and listen to the other podcasts including kelly bear with the hair green uh, mike devitt from web design pro chef eggy george penny blake from owner active alton bradshaw from ajb electrical tanya gomez Ron bradshaw from F- first glance christine godden from the rex's group and jenny kovacs who is a visibility coach. So if you want to speak to me about any subject or any of the podcasts that have been on and you want to be put in contact with any of those, you can contact me at reg.g at improvingperformance.co.uk. And you can call me on 7484 because you can now WhatsApp me as well using that number. So ping me over, drop me a message to talk about any of those things. And you can find me on the usual social media platforms. So it's just for me to say now, thank you for joining me. And remember, it's what you do next that counts. Goodbye.